Welcome back to The Look and Sound of Leadership, an ongoing series of executive coaching tips designed to help you be perceived in the workplace the way you want to be perceived. I'm Tom Henschel, your executive coach, and today we're talking about how to build self-awareness. Chin Sun seemed unable to recognize her own feelings. I noticed this during the coaching when she would talk about her boss, Martina. Managing up was a major goal Chin Sun had for herself through the coaching, so we talked about Martina a lot. Early in our coaching, here's what would happen. Chin Sun would tell me an encounter with Martina. While she was talking about her boss, her language would blossom with emotional words. Her breath would shorten. She'd bounce in agitation. And when I would reflect what I had witnessed, I'd say something like, well, that sounds upsetting, or, wow, that must have been hard to hear. She would snap out of her emotions and deny she was having any feelings at all. Everything was fine, she'd say. The story was just kind of funny, she'd say. I learned to listen silently, and then I tried something different. After she would tell me a story where I had seen emotion, I would wait until her emotions had ebbed. And then later, I'd ask her, hey, what do you think about that story? She would insist she didn't have any thoughts about it at all. It was what it was, she would tell me. All of this brought me to a day a few months into the coaching. I asked Chin Sun for time on that day's agenda, and when my term came, I told her I'd like to talk with her about self-awareness as a discipline. And she asked what I meant. I said, when it comes to the ability to be self-aware, I think we're all calibrated differently. Some people have it more naturally than others, like some people have a gift with language or a gift with numbers. She laughed. Like my kids. My daughter is always cool as a cucumber, but my son is a total drama queen. It's hilarious. Their default settings are way different. I said, exactly. Yeah, self-awareness is like that. It's different for different people. And by the way, am I right? With your kids, if you wanted to, could you get each of them a little stronger on their less developed side? Yeah, probably, she said. I replied, well, that's how I'd like to think with you about this idea of self-awareness as a discipline. She asked worriedly, you think it's my weak side? Well, I don't know, Chinson. Let's see. Can I tell you what I had in mind? Well, sure, she said. She shifted in her chair as she engaged her learning mode. I said, okay, self-awareness, great. Okay, so what are you supposed to be aware of? Two things your thoughts, and your feelings. She interjected, which are pretty much the same thing. Do you think so, I asked. Well, aren't they, she said, suddenly doubtful. I said, personally, I think thoughts are different from feelings. Uh, let me think of an example, and you can tell me what you think. Oh, here's the perfect Los Angeles example. Someone cuts you off on the freeway. She gave a laugh of recognition. I said, now, when someone cuts you off, Two things happen in a finger snap, one after the other. First, a feeling happens, right? Maybe you're scared. Maybe you're angry. Whatever the feeling is, it shoots through you. It changes your chemistry. It activates different parts of your brain. Those are feelings. And then the second thing happens, you have thoughts. After the feeling, she asked? Yeah. So suppose the car that cut you off is one of those $200,000 Mercedes. Would you have a thought about that? Oh, yeah, she said. <laughs> Rich, self-centered bastard. I laughed. 
that thought would make sense. And what would you think if it were some beat-up 20-year-old Toyota Corolla? With kindness, she said, they should learn to check their mirrors if they want to keep their car going. I said, both of those are thoughts about the people. They're different from the jolt of feeling you had at first. Thoughts and feelings, they're separate. She was nodding. I offered, I would like to give you some tools to help you build muscle with both. Still nodding, she said, that sounds great. Even though I haven't totally wrapped my head around thoughts being different from feelings, but keep going. I laughed, fair enough. So I am going to propose two exercises. They're both conversations you're going to have with yourself, but they're very different in focus. She squinted, am I going to be talking to myself? Well, if you like, I said. Some people do. A lot of people like to write. Some people talk into a recorder. Some people just think in the shower, whatever, Chinson, it's all an experiment. The learning is just in doing it, you know, not aiming for right. So what are the exercises, she asked. One of them focuses back at a time when things didn't go the way you wanted. The other one focuses on what's happening in real time. Am I doing these every day, she asked. The first one, looking back, no. I mean, you'll make some time to do it, maybe, I don't know, once a week for a month or two. And the other one, oh, the other one, you can do that one a hundred times a day if you want. So which one are we starting with, she asked. Well, let's start with the looking back one, I said. You're going to think about a time when things didn't work out so well. Now, you're not doing this to pick apart your choices and pass judgment on yourself. You're doing this to look at what happened and see what there is to learn from it. You're going to look at it from two different angles, from the inside and the outside. She was clearly intrigued, so I continued. When you are looking from the inside, you want to remember what the experience was like. If it were a movie, it would be the movie of what your eyes were seeing. Ask yourself what it was like when that thing happened. What did I feel? What did I think? And whatever you recall, just notice it. Don't judge it because you can't change it, right? And you're not done yet. She laughed, really? What's next? Next, you're going to look from the outside. Now the movie that you're watching is all third person. You are up in the balcony watching the movie of yourself projected on the screen. You can't change the movie, but you can ask, hey, is that woman getting what she wants? How is she contributing to what's happening? What impression is she making? What does everybody think about her? And as you're asking and answering those questions, ask yourself, what do I think about this? What do I feel about this? She said, it sounds like I'll feel embarrassed. I noticed she had just named a feeling. I said, if you did feel embarrassed, Chinsun, how would that be for you? Could you tolerate that? She said, well, I wouldn't like it, but it wouldn't stop me. So is this it? Drag up some uncomfortable moment from my past and live through it again inside and out? I laughed at her depiction. I said... Well, actually, there is one last question to ask. So looking at all of this, ask yourself, do any of those thoughts or those feelings show up in other situations that also didn't turn out so well? Are there patterns here that I could learn from? She grimaced, 
as if I want these answers. I smiled and said again, you're not there to judge yourself or shame yourself, Chinsun. The past is past. It's not something broken that you have to go fix. You're just there to learn. She said, how can I see a mistake like that and not want to fix it? I said, what if it's not a mistake? What if it's just a movie, an instructional movie, and you're there as a student to take notes and do a little comparative research? She laughed. Okay, okay, okay. So what do I do if I think I see a pattern? Do I tell you? Well, sure. I mean, yes, I'd love to hear how this goes for you, but the goal isn't discovery, it's practice. You're trying to build the discipline of viewing your life as a learning tool. You want to get used to watching your life from the inside and the outside. That's the self-awareness muscle you're going to build, which is also true of the other exercise, which was a, a real time thing, right? Right, I said. This exercise is a little three-question script that you ask yourself as many times a day as you can think of it. So as soon as you think to do it, you stop and you ask yourself three quick questions. What am I doing right now? What feelings do I have right now? What's happening in my body right now? After looking up at the ceiling for a second, she ticked on her fingers. I'm listening to you. I'm feeling fine. I'm ready to write. Those are my answers. Great, I said. Let me give you a little challenge on that second one about your feelings. It is completely natural to settle on a neutral feeling like fine or good or all right, but you build muscle faster by looking deeper for something stronger. She frowned, looking inward. Okay, uh, I don't know, curious maybe? Okay, so your real-time check-in on these three questions was, what am I doing? Listening to Tom. What feelings do I have right now? Curious. What's in my body? I'm ready to write. And you're done. That's it. You do that as often as you can every day. Just like the first exercise, the goal is not to fix anything. You're just gathering data. You're learning to be aware of yourself in real time. She wrote again, and then she looked up and asked, so suppose I do these two exercises. What am I supposed to get exactly? They're meant to build your self-awareness muscle, I answered. Which gets me what, she asked. <laughs> That's a good question. People who are high in self-awareness are better able to choose their actions. They can decide whether to respond to their feelings and whether to respond to their thoughts. They get their emotions working for them instead of against them. Whoa, she said. That is one big leap from recognizing a pattern to getting my emotions working for me? How does that happen? That, I told her, was not a self-awareness issue. That was a self-management issue. My conversation with Chin Sun about self-management is next month's episode of The Look and Sound of Leadership. I hope one of these exercises makes you curious. You know, I make a big assumption about all of you. I assume that if you are listening to this podcast, it's because you want to be a little better tomorrow than you do today. Well, you can't be better tomorrow without self-awareness. I mean, I don't care if you're trying to learn the piano or run a division. If you can't collect data about yourself and process it in a healthy way, how can you possibly get better? And there's no finish line here, right? I mean, you can always get better at self-awareness. 
So in this part of the podcast, I want to talk about three things. First, I want to talk a little bit about each of the two exercises. I want to get you excited about them. And then the third thing, I want to give you a buffet of support so that you can really start building these muscles. All right, so we've got three things to cover. Let me start with that first exercise, the one about looking back at a time in your life that didn't go so well. Listen, if you know going into an exercise like that that you're going to just beat yourself up, then I really want to say, don't do this exercise. That is not the point of it. Do you remember when I said to Chin Sun that, you know, after you review the experience from the inside and the out, you ask yourself, what do I think about all this, right? And what do I feel about this? The truth is you are going to have thoughts about what you see and you are going to have feelings about what you see. (laughs) And if you can't find any, I want to encourage you to keep looking. But suppose you notice that you are in a beat yourself up pattern again. I want to say to you, good. It's good that you noticed. You don't have to shame yourself about having that thought or having that feeling. The goal, you know, is self-awareness, not sainthood. But it's good. Just keep noticing. Do you remember at the beginning of the story and the two different ways that Chin Sun denied having any feelings? I think we have all been there. This exercise, this looking back exercise, is going to wear down the barrier that keeps you from knowing what you feel and what you think. There are lots of parts to the exercise. I know that. You can certainly go back and listen to that part of the exercise. I do think the explanation is pretty clear. But also, because I knew it was complicated, we've created a PDF of the exercise, actually both exercises. If you want it, shoot me an email. The link's in the show notes. I'll send it to you. And by the way, here's good news. Next month, when the new site goes live, you will be able to jump into the tools library and get the PDF yourself. And the only downside of that for me is that I will miss being in touch with all of you, but you will be able to help yourself anytime. Anyway, listen, the PDF, it's going to show you the steps to follow in this exercise. Yes, but I'd like you to also think the steps that I'm talking about are just a guide. There are lots and lots and lots and lots of ways to build your self-awareness muscle. Which brings us to the second exercise, right? Okay. I love this exercise. It is so simple, and it helped me so much. When I learned it and I could put it into practice, I really felt like I had achieved something. Here's why. I have always admired people who, in the middle of a conversation, in real time, could say in a completely neutral tone something like this. They would say, this is really upsetting for me. I was expecting something completely different. What I was expecting was, I would hear people talk like that and go, wow, I want to do that. I mean, it's crystal clear, isn't it? You know right where that person stands, which makes your next move on the chessboard way easier because you know her position, right? But think about the awareness that it takes to be able to say something like that in real time and not just kind of lash out or shame the other person or whatever the emotional hijack is. Like, that's hard to do. But these three questions, if you can ask yourself these questions all the time, then in the moment in your life when you get flooded with emotion, you'll be used to collecting that data. You're going to feel something happening inside you, and in real time you can say, What am I doing right now? I'm talking one-on-one with Rebecca, who's breaking her commitment. What am I feeling right now? I am pissed off. And what's in my body right now? Like, oh, I can feel my breath getting short, and I can feel my lips getting thin, and I can feel my body tensing up. 
And you know what? That's great to know because now I've got choice. Making that choice is self-management, right? Which is next month's episode. And can I give you a quick spoiler alert? You want self-management in a nutshell? Ready? Self-management is making a choice about how your message gets heard while also maintaining or improving the relationship. That's what you're aiming for, right? But here we go, back to I'm pissed at Rebecca, I'm tensing up. Knowing that, having that awareness, now it gives me a lot of choices about what I say next and how I say it. So that's what these exercises can do for you. And I, I want to say they have both made a huge difference in my life. I hope you engage with them. And if you do, let me know. Let me know how it goes. All right. Third thing, I want to give you a buffet of support so you can build your self-awareness muscles faster, right? I mean, this journey is the core journey that I think we're all on looking for the look and sound of leadership. We need all the tools we can get. So I have eight tools to tell you about. I'm going to tell you real quickly what they are. And it's not just going to be a list. It's going to be ideas. So hang with me. By the way, the first one you already know about, which is that new PDF that I mentioned that's connected to this episode. So we've got seven to go, right? I will share those seven with you right after this month's gratitude. This month's gratitude comes from a very special place in my heart. I really believe that I am on this planet to share ideas with people. And whether it was when I was working as a director in theater or a professor at university or a corporate trainer or these last decades as an executive coach, the thread connecting all of those is sharing ideas, teaching and learning. I am grateful to all of you over the years who've engaged me that way. Some of you have become coaching clients, which I have loved. Some of you have brought me into work with your teams, which I have loved. I am now currently so grateful to the colleagues of mine who are going to join me starting next month in this part of me, this sharing ideas part, this teaching and learning part. Oh my gosh, it is so full every day and I'm so grateful. We are going to offer small live courses where you're going to get to interact with me and these colleagues who I look up to. Really, I couldn't be more excited. I want to tell you about something that I noticed recently. I didn't do it with great intention, and yet when I noticed it, I was really grateful. There are going to be several offerings on our new website that are going to be for women only. Over the years, if you've listened to this podcast a lot, you may have heard me say that I do not think the playing field is level for women. I think women are at a disadvantage in the world and in the workplace. I personally am grateful to help level the playing field even one degree. So we're going to start with these two really cool offerings for women only. One is a women's leadership circle. I have witnessed this process. It is rich and powerful. There's also going to be a course on taming your inner critic, and that one's going to be for women only. It's by the woman who wrote the book Mommy Tracked. It's a good book. That course about your inner critic is going to be this really fast, intense espresso shot. Please come check them out. But I also, when I'm talking about uh, offerings for women, I want to point out that there is one offering that is most definitely not for women only, the Dare to Lead course. The Dare to Lead course, based on Brene Brown's work, if you know anything about Brene Brown, 
She's talking to all of us, all of the humans on the planet. Being courageous in your life is not for women only, so don't take that one as a women's only course. It's not. I'm excited to see all of this coming together. I can't wait to share it with you. We're less than a month away. To those of you who have offered to help, gratitude to you. Thank you. And finally, gratitude to Jess Betts 23 here in the United States who posted a five-star review in iTunes and titled it Balls," which made me laugh. So thanks, Jess Betts 23 And thanks to all of you over the years who've already posted reviews. And you know what? Thanks to those of you who have thought about doing it. I am grateful to you because I believe that someday that thought is going to move into action. So I thank you in advance. All right. Seven buffet items that I promised you. It is not just a list. It's a discussion of ideas. So ready? Counting down from number seven. Number seven is a book. The book is called EQ Applied by Justin Bariso. If you liked this episode, if you liked having exercises to work on, oh my gosh, this book is going to make you very happy. It's very friendly. It's full of actions to take. And it talks about self-awareness and self-management. And that connects to a bigger idea, which is the next stop along the buffet. I'm going to make this a metaphor, okay? Ready? Picture this. Picture a wheel that you can crank. You can crank it up to noon, crank it down to six, crank it back up to noon, down to six. It's an endless reinforcing circuit, right? At noon is self-awareness, and at six is self-management. So you get data about yourself up at noon, self-awareness, right? And you immediately crank the handle down to six, and you make decisions about what you want to do based on what you learned up there at noon. And then you do whatever you do, and you crank the handle back up to noon, and you assess, how's it going? Am I getting the result I want? Do I need to crank back down to six and make some changes? Those two points, noon, six, noon, six, noon, six, you know, they're available to you anytime you're awake. I mean, you could put that handle at either point right this instant, and there would be information there for you to notice. People who work on developing mindfulness say that crank of the handle never stops. That mindfulness means being aware that 12 and 6 are ever-present constants in our lives. That whole idea was one stop on the buffet. Next stop on the buffet, counting down from number 7, we're at number 5. There's an episode of The Look and Sound of Leadership from 2012 called Self-Awareness and Self-Management. So there's a resource for you. And Yes, I have been talking about these ideas for a decade already because you just can't be better tomorrow without these, right? And by the way, one of the things that's going to happen on the news side, which I am grateful for, all the episodes are finally going to be numbered at last, right? So self-awareness and self-management will be episode 103. Yay. Or you just link to it in the show notes. Okay. Next stop on the buffet, counting down to number four. Another episode, episode 109 from 2013, is called emotional intelligence. The model that I have always used for emotional intelligence is built on that very two-stroke cycle of self-awareness and self-management. Self-awareness, knowing yourself in relation to yourself, knowing yourself in relation to others, and self-management, having tools for bettering yourself and for building positive relationships with others. That is, emotional intelligence. 
Episode 109 is a really good explainer episode, and it might be helpful because a lot of people, you know, can't really explain what emotional intelligence is, but I think you will be able to after you hear the episode, and it's not very long. All right, counting down to number three, the feeling words grid. You're going to ask yourself, what am I feeling right now, right? That's the second question in the second exercise. The feeling words grid is going to help you Increase your vocabulary. It's going to expand your thinking. If you don't have it, please come get it. Aside from the sorting and labeling PDF, the Feeling Words Grid is our most requested PDF. And and truly, I feel so strongly about the value of this tool. It is the last page of the PDF connected to this episode, right? The one showing the two exercises in this episode. The third page is the Feeling Words Grid. So... There you go. It's uh, another tool for you. Another stop on the buffet. Now we're down to number two, the feedback filter in the episode library. Think about this. Suppose you review and reflect and analyze something from your past and you think, oh, I see what I should do. Well, before you go in and start futzing with your own settings, wouldn't you like to know if people see the same thing in the movie that you are seeing? I mean, what if you see one thing when everyone else is seeing something else? You're going to spend a lot of time and energy on something that doesn't get you any bang for your buck. You have to make feedback part of your self-awareness. In the episode library, there are many, many filters. And one of the filters is feedback. I've written a lot about feedback. Please go in and help yourself. Finally, the last stop on the buffet. It is the list that I read of other episodes every month. This is a tradition that might roll forward into our new era or not. I I wonder, do you listen to this list? Do you find value in it? I I would really love to know. Anyway, I've already told you two episodes, the emotional intelligence episode, self-awareness and self-management. Three more that you might listen to are How Behaviors Change, episode 25, from 2007. It's an oldie but a goodie. The Mindful Executive episode 142. It's from March 2016. And Thinking Errors, episode 190 from January 2020. I've always liked that episode. Please help yourself. I cannot wait to see you all next month on the new site. Thank you so much. Okay, that's it for me. Until next time, I'm Tom Henschel. Thanks so much for listening.